Hi, I'm Craig. And I'm Linda. And this is the Indie Travel Podcast at IndieTravelPodcast.com. This week it's episode 228 and we're talking about travel insurance. Yeah, that's right. Travel insurance is pretty essential if you're traveling. Uh, and if you're looking at getting travel insurance soon, make sure you check out IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance. We've got some older podcasts, some things to look out for, and quick quote options from our partners. We use them to get our travel insurance, and we pick up a commission if you book your insurance through IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance. So if you could, that'd be great. Don't forget our February competition. We have $75 worth of travel goodies up for grabs. Uh, the competition's advertised in the sidebar of any Indie Travel Podcast page. <laughs> so visit IndieTravelPodcast.com and you'll see the link there to go and to win. Yeah, there's a $50 voucher from Urban Adventures and $25 worth of Indie Travel Media books up for grabs. So all good. Oh, and if you want to make a booking with Urban Adventures before March 15th, uh, put in the promo code Indie Travel and you'll get 15% off any of the tours. That's right, that's I-N-D-I-E, just like the podcast. You know, a lot of people listen. I wonder if they even know that. <laughs> people always ask me, why, why is it called Indie Travel? You know, is it something to do with music? No, independent. But uh, Well, yeah, so it comes from the use as in like indie rock and the way that developed. Think, they don't think of it as independent rock. They just think of it as that's the name. Yeah, and it's no longer independent. That sound's kind of been morphed into a whole commercial channel, hasn't it? Yeah, so indie is just a collection of sounds instead of being being a short form of independent. Mm. Well. Moving on from that slight. <laughs> it's, it's really slight hard to segue from, you know, like the killers to travel insurance. Although. I'm sure no, they have travel was, insurance. That was it. The killers, worried about a killer, travel insurance. Oh my goodness. That, that is, no. This is why we're not on talkback radio, people. I think a much better connection would be the killers travel a lot because they have to play their music in a variety of locations. You, you can bet that they have travel insurance. Right. Nice one. That's uh, why you're the editor. I thought so. <laughs> Although, you know, you don't really want to be hurt. And if you think, yeah, no, I like my one much better than yours. Very well. Very well. Well, do you need travel insurance? I guess the first question is, will you actually use it? And if you can answer that, then, gosh, what are you doing listening to the show? <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing about travel insurance is if, if you're traveling around your own country, some travel insurance companies won't actually cover you. And in fact, there's no point in getting the travel insurance because you might be covered if you have uh, house and contents insurance or car insurance or whatever. So if you're just traveling around your own country, then it might not be worth your while. Yeah, that's right. Uh, although if you are in the States, I've noticed a lot of travel insurance policies actually cover you state by state. So if you're traveling, I think it's more than 100 miles away from home or outside of your state, uh, your home and contents insurance might not cover you for any loss or theft or anything like that on the road. So that's something is, to look into. <laughs> yeah, it, it always comes down to the small print of your individual um, kind of insurance agency or insurance company. And uh, yeah, so I reckon, I reckon that's, the, that's the first one. Yeah. Are, are, are you covered already? And, uh, you know, are you going to be able to use it? Yeah, I mean, what might you use it for? Well, there's so many reasons why you get travel insurance. To cover cancellation, to cover um, medical expenses, 
to cover loss of items. And so you need to think, if you're going to use it for medical, if you're still in your same country, well, in New Zealand, it doesn't matter where I am in my country, I'm still covered by the, the free healthcare in New Zealand. So there's no point getting hospitalization cover if I'm going to the South Island because it's the same as being in, in Auckland. However, if I'm going somewhere else, if I'm going to Europe, then I do need it. In Europe, people from Europe can travel all around Europe because they have a, um, a health insurance card, which yeah, is valid the, wherever the they UHIC go. Card. So that's not, you know, if you're from a country where you've got a reciprocal agreement without having travel insurance, then is it worth it? You might be right, eh? Um, but often those don't cover things like um, emergency services. So I'm thinking ambulances or mm. helicopter evacuation. Even if your hospital stay and your hospital treatment's covered, often emergency services are privatized and it really depends on country by country Definitely worth uh, looking whether into. that's covered or not so yeah i mean i think medical is the main reason that we get travel insurance that's the th- like if our flights are cancelled okay that's a big chunk of cash but it's not gonna do any long-term lasting damage it's a few hundred dollars or maybe at the largest a a few thousand dollars Mm -hmm. that we're losing out on in those bookings but if uh, we fall and break our arm that's going to be a couple of grand right there Um, and often more especially if you factor in hospital stays and moving to accommodation close to the hospital and all of that kind of stuff and that's just for a reasonably small everyday kind of injury so when I think about travel insurance, I don't really think about cancellation cover or about uh, even things being stolen. Because um, although we've got a few high-value things like the, the computers and recorders that we used to do the show. So, yeah, I think that's the, the most important reason to get travel insurance, especially if you're a budget traveler that's kind of booking things bit by bit and, you know, not putting out tens of thousands of dollars on on resorts and organized tours ahead of time that's right i mean we never book a lot of accommodation in advance so we're not worried about losing those bookings uh cover for stolen or damaged items is quite important but not as important as hospital cover because hospital cover could be anything whereas losing a laptop you've only lost what you spent on it and you know we replace them every two or three years anyway so we kind of go oh well you know when my iPod was stolen, I'd had it for, what, two and a half, three years? Maybe even three years. Yeah, it was close to three. It was close to three. It was still in really, really good condition, and I wouldn't have replaced it. But then again, it wasn't the end of the world to lose it. I ended up getting an iPod Touch, which has been really good. So it was one of those things where you go, well, you know, I'll claim on insurance to get a bit of money back. But maybe I would have, if I didn't have insurance for that, it wouldn't have been the end of the world because maybe I would have replaced it in the next year or so anyway. Yeah, it was a couple of months' inconvenience between uh, having it stolen and getting it replaced, but it's it's livable, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Well, I think uh, the the overall theme of my current feelings on travel insurance is if you can't afford insurance, then you can't afford to travel. But that hasn't always been the case. No, we, we didn't always have insurance. No. When we first started traveling, well, I suppose we were young and healthy and we weren't too worried about the medical side of things. And we found different ways of getting around it. For example, we went to England, and because we were resident in England, we could get the EHIC. So we didn't really need health insurance for our stay in Europe. Then we went to Australia, and given that Australia and New Zealand have reciprocal agreements, that didn't really matter either. So during that kind of three-year period, we didn't need medical cover. And since we didn't really have much stuff, we didn't feel the need to get insurance to cover lost or stolen items. 
So we basically just got insurance for very short periods when we're going to somewhere we, we weren't so sure about or we felt a bit more unsafe about. Yeah, there were times when we were doing um, short-term voluntary work or uh, part-time jobs that we actually needed to have travel insurance as part of the job. And that's when we first came across World Nomads Insurance was the first time that we were looking for something like that. Yeah, because we so were, many so many insurance companies um, require that you start your journey from your home country. So you buy your travel insurance before you start traveling. And since we were away for, what, three wow. years? Yeah, we had already been away for about eight months or nine months by that time. Yeah. Um, it wasn't going to work. We weren't going to go back to New Zealand just to be able to start our insurance. <laughs> we thought we might have to for a while. And, um, yeah, that's why we were really glad to find them. Yeah. And, and all of this time, I, we still haven't found any companies that will offer anything like that. No. There is one for UK people that's quite competitive that I've seen. Oh, yeah. Um, but when I looked into it, it was only for people that were resident in the UK and um, there were all sorts of strange bits and pieces in the small print that I hadn't seen in other uh, other companies policies so yeah they're they're still kind of our go-to when we're away from home and we need to get insurance that's right I mean we have booked other insurance but the good thing about world nomads is that if your other insurance expires you can pick up the world nomads at the end of that one Mm. so that's what we did last time. We actually booked through Southern Cross Travel Insurance because we could get a really good deal. And the cover was a bit better for um, for items. World Nomads wasn't offering quite as large uh, a dollar value on items and there was an excess which was higher. So we decided to go with Southern Cross. But we were planning on being away for a year. So we booked for a year and we thought, well, when that year is up and if we're away for another few months, we can go with World Nomads at that point. However, it didn't work out like that. No, that's right. We uh, decided to come home early, so we looked through our small print and sent a couple of emails through to the insurance company to figure out what that meant. And basically, if we didn't make any claims on our, our insurance, then we could get back the the value minus a small fee. Not so, the, no, the unused pro- portion. That's right, of course. So although we paid for 12 months of travel insurance, we were away for four months, and we could get eight months refund, basically, but only if we didn't claim on the four months we'd paid for. So basically, we threw away four months of travel insurance because we would have made a claim. There are a couple of things we could have claimed for. And uh, no, but there was no way we could get our money back. And because we came back into the country, the policy was all automatically terminated. If we hadn't come back to New Zealand, we could have just kept traveling and not used the three months when we were in New Zealand. And uh, unfortunately, it just didn't work out. So that was a bit annoying. It was more than a bit annoying, but it gives you an example of how travel insurance is uh, filled with booby traps, is maybe the polite way to put it, Um, and not to mention some really strange pricing deals that I'm pretty sure no one else would be able to get away with. So there are three main types of travel insurance policy that you're probably going to be looking at. A single trip, which is from your home country away and then back again. Uh, multi-trip, which is normally based within your home country, but going away and back and away and back and away and back within a certain time frame. Um, Or backpackers, which is kind of one long ongoing trip. Normally, for your multi-trip and your backpackers insurance, you're looking at a maximum of 12 months of policy cover. But you can sometimes get out to 
about one and a half, kind of 18 months of policy cover. So if you're going on a long, extended, round-the-world trip for one year plus, you kind of get left hung out to dry. Yeah, it's true. I mean, I remember when we were in the UK, sitting on the tube in London, and I saw a big sign saying, backpacker, backpacker insurance, £30 per year. And I thought, awesome, £30 yeah. per year, that'll be brilliant. That was a saving of, I think we were paying about 500 New Zealand dollars each. So say about £170. Oh, and I was like, oh my goodness, <laughs> that would be so brilliant. Even if we could get a kind of shit policy, that would be great. But looking into it, their idea of backpacker's insurance was not my idea of backpacker's insurance. It was a year-long policy. But you could only be away from the country for 30 days at a time. So you could go away and come back and go away and come back as many times as you liked. But you had to be back in the country at least once a month. Yeah, and that was the same with a credit card insurance policy that we looked into as well. Uh, We actually used for a while because it did did work out for us uh, for a few months. But you, yeah, once again, you could go away on multiple trips, but you had to step back within the home country um, every, I think that policy was 20 days, or it might have been 30 days. It was a long time ago. I can't remember exactly. But um, but it definitely wasn't what we wanted anyway. No, it was It, it was didn't no fulfill our needs for, at no all. No good for travellers. Good for people that like weekend breaks, though. Yeah. So when you're, uh, you're looking at these policies, those are kind of your main options, and those, those are the things to, to look out for. I mean, a perfect example is the booking that Linda talked about before with uh, Southern Cross Insurance. What would have been a better option, I guess, for us in hindsight would be to book that for a shorter period, go and do the travel that we were guaranteed to do that first four months. Um, From then we were going to head over to Europe, but because of flight costs, we decided to come back down through New Zealand and up to Europe um, saving more than the value of a year's worth of travel insurance, actually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if we'd only booked that four months, and then because we were out of the country, we wouldn't have been allowed to renew it, and we wouldn't have been able to pick up any other New Zealand-based travel insurance because we're out of the country. Um, and then we would have used World Nomads to, to keep it rolling over. But we just didn't know. We thought we were going to be away for a long time, so mm. it made sense to go for the, the longest period and rah, rah, rah. Oh, well. <laughs> yeah. Ah, well, I've put together a list of the main questions that I always ask or always look for when I'm checking out policies online. Um, I ask, do I need a home address? Do I need to actually be resident in a physical place? Or can I use my PO box? And the next one is, must I be in my country of origin when I start and when I finish? That's what we've been talking about. Yeah, well, we haven't mentioned finishing, actually. Some Mm. policies are invalid if you're not home by the end date. Yeah, that's true. Um, Unless, of course, you're making a claim because you you can't get back because of a cancellation or something like that. Um, But yeah, some policies are invalidated if you don't go home, if you extend your trip. So that's kind of kind of freaky. Um, do they cover each country you're going to? You can often save money by cutting out North America and Japan off yeah. of your um, your insurance, or sometimes more specifically the United States and mm-hmm. Japan. Sometimes it's all of North America. Mm-hmm. So is it more expensive to just go to some countries or to cut those countries out? Is it cheaper? Mm. Um, and if it, that is true, can you specify when you'll be in the expensive ones? Mm. Can you get a year cover and then just pay for an extra two weeks in Japan, for example, on top of it? Or if you're going to Japan at any time, do you have to pay 
that higher rate for your entire trip. Yeah, and if that's true, then is it worth getting insurance with one company for the whole trip and then with a separate company for Japan? Because it might end up being cheaper to do it that way. Yeah, but whatever you do, never make an insurance claim twice. That's fraud. Yeah. We find you. <laughs> yeah, so you just have to say, okay, I've, I've booked for a year the whole world except Japan, and I've booked for two weeks just in Japan. And if you're making a claim from Japan, yeah. use the one that you've made in Japan. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, does your insurance cover flights home in case of emergencies? And emergencies might be a medical emergency that you're involved in, or if a family member falls sick or uh, passes away, can you get home quickly? Mm-hmm. Does it cover cancellations, uh, cancellations that you make, or cancellations from the other party? So if a, a tour is cancelled, does it cover, cover that? What if the company goes bankrupt? Is that covered? Yeah, that was a big issue in Britain at the start of the uh, the credit crunch where a whole bunch of airlines just stopped flying and people were stranded all over Europe. Um, and some insurance policies covered it, but many didn't mm. and people were really stuffed. And another really important thing to ask yourself or to ask someone when you're making a decision about which insurance company to go with, how do you make a claim and what's the average response time? So can you make a claim online? Do you have to make it in writing? Can you make a phone call? Can you do an email? How do you do it? And yeah, how long will it take before they respond to you? And how long will it take before they pay you back? Also, can you, uh, some insurance companies require you to pay things out of your own pocket and then they pay you back. Others, for example, in medical situations, you can just show a card and they'll, you don't have to pay up front. In New Zealand, for example, my mum works at the the emergency department of the local hospital, no, they don't accept any insurance. You have to pay the full price and then you can make a claim later. So it doesn't matter what your insurance company does. The Auckland Hospital will not um, will not accept any, any cards that uh-huh. say it's an insurance card. Interesting. Um, I guess another important one with medical stuff is sometimes you've actually got to get medical costs pre-approved. Mm. So you need to know what, you know, you need to get pre-approved. Um, yeah, do if, you have to call the insurance company and run it by them before you pay for it? Yeah. That kind of thing. Um, and if you're traveling like we are as a couple, if uh, your significant other is in an accident and unable to communicate with the insurance company, does it then fall on you as the partner to be responsible mm-hmm. for communicating it within a, a set time frame? Yeah. Because, wow, if you uh, end up going to your partner going with your partner to hospital in an emergency situation a couple of days later remember to call the insurance company and then find out that you're paying all of the bills because you haven't met the the framework for Mm. the insurance policy oh yeah i remember uh when we made the claim about the camera being stolen in peru Mm. we needed to according to the insurance company we needed to go and make um a formal complaint at the police within 24 hours and i did it i only realized that like the next day. Yeah. So it was about 30 hours and I was a bit concerned when I put my claim through, but luckily that was that was okay. There was a bit yeah. of discretion there. Yeah, I was quick enough. Yeah. Quick enough. So here are a few things to look for when choosing your insurance to make sure that you will actually be covered after you've asked these preliminary questions. First of all, cancellation. Um, it's no fun if you fall ill before you leave and then can't go on the trip. But if you're going to claim for it, you need to have already bought your travel insurance mm. before you fall sick. Um, and once again, depends exactly on policies, whether they'll actually 
cover you or not for for what types of cancellation. But yeah, I mean, imagine if you you got sick and were unable to fly on doctor's orders. Yeah. And you hadn't bought your travel insurance yet. That would suck. We usually buy our travel insurance quite late in the piece, so yeah, cancellation this, doesn't really come into play the, for us. This is one that um, that I worry about sometimes if we've uh, booked long haul flights. Yeah. Um, you know, because you got a couple of grand out there, and sometimes five or six grand sitting there just in your flights. Exactly. And if you don't have that insurance sorted, you you could be in trouble. The next thing to think about is lost or stolen gear. Most travel insurance policies have a per item value limit, so you can claim up to a certain amount per item. You can get that extended, or you can specify certain items to have a higher limit. But you always almost always have to pay extra for the privilege of doing that. Uh, so make sure that that per item limit is is high enough to make it worthwhile. Uh, when we claimed on our our camera going missing, the per item limit wasn't very high, and there was an excess per claim. So because it was only one item being being stolen, it wasn't a range of things. I had to pay. I think it was one hundred and fifty dollars excess, and the maximum per item was let's say two hundred and fifty dollars or three hundred dollars. Yeah, I think we ended up getting one hundred and fifty bucks back. That's so, right. Yeah. So if if a whole bunch of stuff had got stolen, that excess, you know wouldn't have mattered so yeah. much because it would have been less per item. And but something else we hadn't noticed as well was it was the camera and accessories. So we couldn't claim for the memory card separately oh, we? or the we case didn't, separately. We didn't because I think I, we forgot well, to. No, no, we put that in the claim and it didn't come back with it. And uh. when I queried it, they pointed out that it was the camera and accessories. Oh, gosh. So if you are carrying lots of photographic equipment yeah. and you do have expensive lenses or expensive accessories, it might be worth itemizing that at the beginning or... Yeah, yeah or getting items. getting some kind of written record from your insurance company saying that uh, they will be covered. Yeah, for sure. The next thing to think about is medical expenses um, over and above evacuation. So evacuation is a very important thing to think about. Can you be removed from the situation? And uh, what other medical expenses are covered? Check that your cover includes emergency treatment while you're away and transport to bring you home. Uh, remembering that insurance providers will usually insist on getting you home as soon as you are fit enough to travel. Yeah, and that's an interesting one for people like us that have, well, for me, I've got dual residency in New Zealand and the UK. I've got dual citizenship and I've lived in both countries. So I could legally and without problems have uh, buy travel insurance from the UK if that was cheaper for me. Um, but it did mean if I was getting sent home in an evacuation situation, I'd probably be sent to London. Mm-hmm. And then I'd have to find my way back to New Zealand, where mm-hmm. actually all of my family and support network are yeah. <laughs> to look after me. So um, even though it might be a couple of hundred bucks cheaper a year on the insurance, in fact, I'd be paying another couple of grand to fly myself back down to New Zealand yeah, afterwards. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, adventurous activities. Look carefully at what your policy covers, because you might find you're not actually covered to do all sorts of weird things. I know. I was having this, um, we'll call it a discussion, because I tried to keep it civil with a call service person for an insurance company that just didn't know her policies at all. Oh my goodness, I remember that. Batty. You had it on speakerphone and it just sounded like the most useless. <laughs> we didn't buy that policy in the end, because no, we didn't we want didn't. to be connected with that company at all. <laughs> but um, I was trying to figure out what constituted adventurous activity because we were going to be doing some uh, just some day hiking, nothing strenuous, um, probably with a tour leader, like a, a locally bought tour guide or something like that. And uh, I wanted to know 
if I'd be covered for evacuation if I fell down and broke my leg while out hiking. Yeah, on the Galapagos Islands. Oh, recall. that's right, because we were looking again the Galapagos. And she's like, um, well, we can fly you to the local hospital. I'm like, great, the local hospital is back on the mainland. Yeah. It's hundreds of kilometers in an aeroplane. It's, it's hours and hours and hours away. Will I be covered? She's like, um... Mm, no. Uh, no, no, you know. Is there a local medical center? There's probably a local medical center, but you know. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh gosh. It was shocking. We, we went round and round. She had and no round. idea what she was talking about. No, she didn't know her product at all, and uh, it was really frustrating because this was one of the main reasons I was getting the policy was yeah. for medical coverage, emergency evacuation, from a really expensive place to get back from. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, do call up and do annoy your insurance providers with anything out of the ordinary you're doing. If you are hitting off the beaten track, you actually want to know what's going to happen if there is an accident. Yeah, totally. And the last one is personal liability. Obviously, accidents happen. And if it's found to be your fault and someone decides to sue you, which doesn't happen in New Zealand, thank goodness, um, but it does happen in other countries. Uh, you can get civil suits in New Zealand, but not for not for accidents. That's if you right. hit someone in a car, the government will... Uh, take you to court instead of the person that you hit. But, um, yeah, you can still get done for, for civil stuff. Yeah. Well, it's not as common as in other places anyway, but it is common in other places, and being sued, well, I can't imagine it'll be a very fun thing. And if you don't have much money and someone sues you for more money than you have... Yeah, and it stuffs up your entire holiday and, and your entire local life. accommodation <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, you you want to make sure you've got a couple of million dollars in uh, in legal costs sitting exactly. in your war chest. Well, a couple more tips before we finish up. First of all, how do you make sure you're actually going to get what you claim for if something goes lost or missing? Um, normally, for home and contents insurance, you've probably got a, a drawer or an old shoebox full of receipts that you can dig through until you find the right ones to uh, to prove that you owned those things but uh if you're traveling you're sure as hell not carrying a whole bunch of receipts around no. with you well we did for a while yeah you might have the, the most uh the most valuable ones but you know you're not going to be carrying stuff around for your camera and your ipod and things like that yeah so what we do is we try to scan or photograph receipts with um, an ipod touch or an iphone is a really good way to do it just take a quick photo and it's really good if we can take a photo of the item with a receipt yeah. It's a really good way to do it. Yeah. So we keep them locally and then we upload them to a website and email them to ourselves. Yeah. So it's complete redundancy. It's like yeah. copy on the hard drive, copy in the email, copy somewhere else. Yeah. And that somewhere else um, used to be Flickr.com. We'd upload uh, all of these photos to Flickr of all of the receipts and uh, lock it down. So it was, it was in a private gallery mm -hmm. so no one else could see it. Um, now we're using uh, things like Dropbox.com as kind of in the cloud storage. Uh, if you've got a Mac, you might want to use the iCloud service. Anything, uh, you know, that you can put it somewhere else. Yeah, somewhere that's not a hard copy. Somewhere like if, you're, if your computer gets stolen yeah. and you've got a photo of the receipt for your computer on it, it's not going to be very useful. <laughs> no. But, yeah, I think the easiest way to do it is to email it to yourself because then you can always access your email, email address in sure. your account. Um, so try and create believable evidence. Uh, if you've got a pair of designer jeans um, that are worth several hundred dollars and they get stolen when you're backpacking around India, 
the chance of that being believed is rather low unless you've got a photo of you wearing those jeans in that place a couple of days beforehand. So it's all about um, having a good case to give to the insurance company. So having photos of items and photos of receipts uh, really does help a lot. Definitely. A few years ago, Craig interviewed Graham Kingaby from World Nomads, and I think the biggest thing we took away from that was, while you're travelling, act as if you're not insured. Act as if if anything goes gets lost, you're not insured. Act as if, you know, you're not going to be covered by it. Because that means you'll probably be the most responsible. <laughs> yeah, well, basically, um, he was saying, if the insurance company can prove that you were acting um, negligently, if the insurance company can show that it was your fault or you were being stupid, then uh, they don't have to cover you they can push back your claim because they can say that you know that was your fault if you get drunk and jump on a scooter they're not going to cover you um if you have a laptop computer and you leave it behind in a bar and go out and talk with people and do the tourist thing for five hours before you come back to find it missing Good yeah, luck. Yeah. You know, it's it's just common sense stuff. Don't it's it's not a, a magic replacement service. No. I think was his point. Um, so yeah, accent. it's a backup. It's a backup. I mean, yeah. I would I find the process of going through insurance claims really tedious. And <laughs> yeah. So I always try not to have to do it, and also it means I don't have the pain of. Well, you don't like the uncertainty, eh? Oh, you don't like the loss and the. I don't, you don't like, like the, the uncertainty. Yeah. So I mean, just just don't. Get into trouble. <laughs> Try not to get into trouble. Try not to yeah. lose your stuff. Try not to, you know. That, that goes back to my first point, I think. If you know you're not going to need it, then you're better than all of the rest of us. Well, that's right. I mean, obviously, it's a backup. It's like a safety net. But trapeze artists don't want to fall, do they? They do everything they can not to, and the safety net is there just in case the worst happens. And nice that's metaphor. What yeah, yeah, I thought so. I thought of that on the spot. <laughs> well, you can find that interview at IndieTravelPodcast.com slash insurance. And uh, there's all sorts of other travel insurance advice and stories there. So you can go and check that out. Yeah, and while you're at IndieTravelPodcast.com, drop by slash forums and uh, get involved in the community conversation there. So if you want to meet other travelers or if you have questions about what we're talking about today or anything to do with travel, you can ask your questions there or answer questions or whatever. You can get a free account if you don't have one already. It's IndieTravelPodcast.com slash forums. And you can help the Indie Travel Podcast stay traveling by booking through us. So please visit IndieTravelPodcast.com slash flights slash hostels slash tours and of course slash insurance when you're booking your travel online. And there's also travel deals updating every day at slash deals. Plus, visit slash books to see our awesome library of books. We've got heaps and more on the way. Indeed we do. Um, If you don't want to give us any money or you're not traveling at the moment, then please help us out by telling your friends about Indie Travel Podcast. Invite them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Indie Travel. Been some really good conversations there in the last couple of weeks. It's been it's been a fun year on Facebook. <laughs> um, or leave a five star review for us on iTunes. Well, that's us for this week. Until next week, travel well. <laughs>